0: Welcome to Conscious Curiosity S.D., where successful San Diego leaders share their stories of leading beyond profit and are using the influence of business to possibly change the companies and communities we all work and live in. I'm your host, Jeff Blanton from Jailbreak Leadership, a process that focuses on unlocking what's next in your pursuit of success significance, and satisfaction for both individuals and teams. We want to thank our sponsors, a collaborative community of San Diego business organizations, Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism San Diego, and Be Local, who are all focused on elevating the success and positive impact of businesses in our community of San Diego. Welcome to the show. I believe one of the biggest struggles for leaders, founders, and owners of a business to share the compelling story of their business. Starting building and running a business is hard. It's risky and often just plain frustrating. But behind all that, there's a passion. A passion for doing something significant and impactful. And at the end of the day, our work is an expression of who we are in the world. But how do you share that story? Share it in a way that touches people, your customers, your employees, and other key stakeholders in a way that they get your passion. They get it in a way that it motivates them to buy your product, or to come alongside you, or give you that 120% effort, or even to sing your praises to others. In my experience, that's not easy. But today, we have the honor of having Scott Hancock, a partner in the local San Diego branding agency, Believer, in the studio to give us some insights on how to make that all happen. Scott, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Looking forward to chatting.
0: Believer is also a certified B Corp, and Scott is on the board of B Local San Diego, which is one of the collaborating partners of Conscious Curiosity SD. So we're going to explore a little bit of what the B Corp world is all about. That sounds good to you, Scott.
1: Yeah, love it.
0: But we're going to start with you, your story. Who are you? We always want to take a few moments in the show to really understand the, the person that's here. I always love to hear the backstory of like, how did this come to be? Because Pretty much none of us when we're kids said, I'm going to be one of those when I grow up. And here we are doing yeah. what we do, Scott. So what's the story? Maybe kind of give us a couple of highlights of your career. And uh, if there was a defining moment or something that really kind of put you in a certain direction, uh, be sure to share
1: that with us. Right. Well, I think for me, it started coming out of college as a fine art major, trying to figure out how do I survive as an artist uh, in the real world. Make th- money. Okay. Make money, right. <laughs> it was never... Uh, I never got that plan. I learned how to paint and do sculpture and different things, but uh, coming out of college, it was hard to okay. What am I going to do now? How do I make money? How do I support support myself? And ended up learning that I was an entrepreneur at that point. It was kind of you know your backs up against the wall. Uh, You can go get a regular job or you know do something for the government or work in a restaurant, which I'd done through college, uh, that sort of thing. Or, you know, what does my future look like? What am I going to do? So I ended up uh, taking some classes and I learned how to do publishing through uh, a job I had with my cousin and ended up uh, setting out on my own to start a magazine. Uh, Met a couple people in San Diego that were influential in the surf industry. And we we wanted to create a magazine that was an alternative to a lot of the uh, magazines that were in coffee shops at the time and record stores and that sort of thing, something that was more uplifting and positive. So we created an issue and got in a van and drove all the way up the coast from here to a little bit past L.A. and dropped bundles of magazines off at record stores. And the, early sh- or, the early days. <laughs> the early days. Very <laughs> grassroots. Right. Yeah. But and, creative,
0: touching in uh, that creative side of yourself. Yeah, yeah.
1: super creative. And, and we always had this philosophy that we had to be creative. We had to make sure that we didn't sell out. And it always had to be a publication where we interviewed everybody in person and we did all of our own photography. So it made it even that much more challenging because we wouldn't take press shots from agencies that work with celebrities and stuff. We always had to push to do our own photography and stuff. So we did our first issue. We had some uh, Jack Johnson and and some other uh, oh wow! Influencers in it that we were lucky to get in front of, and um, from there we. Uh, what, what,
0: what was compelling? I mean, to get a, a big name like that, like what was like the thing that you had going that was unique enough to catch someone's attention? So I need to be part of that. What, uh, what was the? What was what was the hook? Yeah,
1: I think at that point it was relationships.
0: <laughs> oh, people that new people. Okay. People that knew people. Well, that's important in anything, right? At the is. end of the day.
1: Right. I think it's it's uh, something I've learned the importance of through my career is just, man, who, who you know and how you foster relationships and build good ones over time uh, and that sort of thing. But it's from that standpoint, after that first issue, we just thought, man, this is a lot of work to jump in a van and drive these around town. So I talked to a distribution consultant about how do I get this on the newsstand and, and that sort of thing. And found out that Walmart was pulling men's magazines off their shelves, FHM and Maxim magazine, because they wanted to be a wholesome ah, okay. store. And I talked to a consultant and he said, I've been trying to get magazines in there for five and 10 years. It's like real estate. The shelf space is very limited. And I said, well, I'm going to send our magazine with a letter telling them that, that we want to turn this into a wholesome Use their use their words. Yeah, use use their words (laughs) against them. And uh,
0: see, I'm learning. I'm learning all about branding right now. (laughs) There you are. That's right.
1: It's it's the hustle, right? Two weeks later, we got a response, and they said we'll carry your magazine. And so, you know, again, not having any business experience or having done anything like that, I had to figure out how do we turn this into a newsstand publication? How do I get a UPC code for the cover? How do we get distribution? We started printing all the copies in South Korea to get a really high-end quality paper and it just overly complicated things. I was fundraising, all those different things. And then also had to go out and get uh, more interviews and and that sort of thing. And so we ended up interviewing Afini Shakur, Tupac's mom, uh, Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins, Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Tony Hawk. uh, Wow. Lots of big names. A lot of good, you know, just in pop culture at the time. And so, uh, and we got to go do all these interviews in LA and Chicago. And um, we always tried to be very creative with our style of things and and whatnot. And so, so from, you know, we ended up getting uh, distribution in Barnes and Noble and Borders and Blockbuster Video and Tower Records and, you know, nationwide. And it was like, man, this is, Amazing, but at the same time, it was a catastrophe in the process of happening from fun- right. fundraising and how do I keep on schedule on such a tight timeline to make sure we don't miss a distribution date? And how do you hire somebody? <laughs> how do you pay somebody? Uh all the stuff that needed to be figured out was just all the like, things of running a business. Right. Was just like an eye-opening thing. And, you know, we had we had great people, very creative. Um couple partners, Chris Ahrens was, was amazing. And Nino, Camilo, they're all here locally still. I think we all kind of were just like taking any elements of it that we could to make it happen. And I think what we did was ahead of its time, it was kind of pre-social media and it was beautiful. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it ended up kind of folding or, or, you know, we, we kind of left and went and did different things. Yeah. Um, so met a lot of incredible people, learned, learned a lot about, building connections and not burning bridges and, uh, different things that I think were pain points back then. But now I realize the lessons and the impact and the value of going through that whole effort, even, even a big learning experience, yeah. even though there was a lot of, yeah. So anyways, we, uh, from that I went to, I went on to do another, uh, startup with uh, a friend, Sean Parr, who owned another agency called Bulldog Drummond in San Diego. We ended up collaborating when I was still doing the magazine. And he, he got me connected into this idea of being social impact and, and making a difference in the world. He's always had an incredible heart for uh, using his business as a force for good. And it was a great influence on me and my life. And we ended up- How old
0: were you at that point? <sighs>
1: Man, I was probably in my thirties, okay. early thirties. So. so well,
0: so kind of well into the career now. It's, yeah. yeah.
1: Right. So it's, it's. and but starting
0: to see a different view of what business can be.
1: Right. Exactly. And so we, we started a, a, an effort called glue network and it, we were getting artists involved in creating live art murals and doing big events and stuff. And it was always around highlighting a specific cause and raising money and awareness mm-hmm. for Um, something. And um, we did a a collaborative skate shoe with a skate company in San Diego that was kind of nationwide and it raised money for a war child rehabilitation center in uh, Uganda. Um, We did a lot of projects with World Vision and SurfAid and different different organizations. Um, And it ended up becoming a, uh, we started to create a online platform to, it basically was, how do we work with companies where they can direct marketing dollars back to their customers and their customers could use those dollars to fund nonprofit projects.
0: Okay. So
1: so for instance, if somebody was shopping on Hurley Hurley's website and um, bought something, Hurley would then provide them with $5 back that was in the form of a code that they can take into the glue network, find a project that they want to support whether it's buying a mosquito net for a family or um, clean drinking water or something like that, they would apply those $5 to that project, and then it would generate a a social message that would say, together with Hurley, I helped fund this clean water well in Uganda, via World Vision and that social post would go out and promote everybody that was a part of it.
0: So again, that's kind of early early in that kind of yep. idea, right? That wasn't right. happening back then.
1: No, it wasn't happening. It was, you know, I think I think Facebook was just coming out of being for students only and uh, Instagram, I don't even think Instagram was out yet, but it was, uh, I think it was a little bit ahead of its time too, but the idea was how do we get people to engage not just charity, but at a project level so that they can really see the impact that they can make in the world. And then also getting businesses to realize like, hey, you don't have to just give away a coupon or something, but you can also be an instigator, someone who's out there uh, Powering people to make a difference in the world using your business,
0: which is so much what everyone's trying to talk about today, right? right. And we, we we got those cause conference coming up, and it's really about trying to educate businesses on the idea of like, how do you use your business in a positive, influential way to, you know, help solve social issues? So, right. wow. yeah got <laughs> so that, one that. more cutting edge. All right. right. Then it's all coming together to become a brander. All right. Yeah, yeah, Cause I can see, I can see where this is going.
1: Right. So it's interesting because, uh, you know, looking back, I've tried to see like just in like thinking about, okay, what's my bio um, or, or wh- where did I, how did I land where I am? And I, um, I definitely see a string that kind of connects everything. And I think that's important for all of us to look for you know sometimes it feels random or i'm kind of just taking a job for the money or whatever but i think that string kind of guides our life and and when we identify it, it 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 actually does become your why it is your why is already there it's just it's like uncovering it or figuring it out right exactly um, as you go and i think once you identify it for me now it's like i know i'm always going to do something that has to be connected to making a difference in the world or how do I help inspire others to know that they can also make a difference and that, you know, the more we all do it, the better the world's going to be in that sort of, whether it's a business, a nonprofit, right. an individual, it doesn't really matter.
0: So that's kind of interesting to say that because it's exactly what we do in the jailbreak leadership process. We have a process to help find what your core purpose is. I mean, your core core, just two simple words. But then you're going back to look at that theme we just did. Where did that show up along the way? Because usually when you're on that theme, there's some good things happening. (laughs) But it's pretty easy to get knocked off the theme. It's kind of even success leads to getting knocked off the theme sometimes. So it's it's kind of an interesting process. But if you understand it, then you go, oh wait a minute, Uh, get a little off course here. How do I bring this back? Good stuff.
1: I think too. It's like you know. Finding your purpose or knowing your purpose doesn't mean life is easy all of a sudden.
0: Oh, oh no, of course no. Think, <laughs> not not at all. Right. In fact, the bar the bar just went way up. That's right, it did. And
1: it's it's you know ultimately ultimately what ends up happening is you you end up drawing lines in the sand constantly around what you'll do, what you won't do, exactly. what you stand for, what you exactly. don't stand for. And I think I think having clarity of purpose uh, puts restrictions on you to then you know hone that even more and hone the impact that you can make.
0: Because should, you should be evolving. You should, ma- should be maturing. You should be getting better exactly. at this thing that you've been called to do. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how does that show up now in what you're doing with the branding business? Man, you, you do some great work. I just I was checking out your website and looking at some of the things you guys are doing, and yeah. it's awesome. So how, how does that all fit together? Because part of, like, in your introduction it's really trying to find that passion in the right. in the in the in the business and how do you start to articulate that so maybe, maybe tell us a little bit about believer and what, what's happening there and how do you guys do that
1: yeah believer has been a journey I, I got there probably a little bit over 10 11 years ago I joined with two amazing brothers Adam and Todd who are incredible friends of mine and partners and we've built an incredible team I think I think everything we've done has been you know, because we have such an incredible group of people, but I think what's happened is when I first joined the team, we were doing more digital design, websites, and that sort of thing. Um, I came on as a contractor to help do a brand strategy project for a new effort that they had or a new opportunity, and they didn't do that type of work, so I came in to help them develop a name for a brand and what's the strategy and is there a given brand
0: for the branding company. There you
1: go. Well we yeah, we ended up Sometimes
0: that's the hardest exercise. (laughs) It
1: is. So we ended yeah, we ended up we ended up leaning more into brand strategy and brand development and and loving this idea that we can help shape brands early on by uh, helping them understand who they are, what they stand for and, and that sort of thing. We ended up applying it to ourselves and changing our name to believer uh, and then shifting our focus more to brand development
0: So is the core of believer kind of here's what i believe in exactly. i mean what, what's what's behind that name cuz it's exactly. pretty and it's BLVR by the way so it's it's that yeah. written out believer it's right. BLVR
1: i think that like what we believe as an organization is that if you live with conviction you're a world changer and so the idea is that we, we often operate from a place of I need to make money or different things kind of influence our behavior, but nothing influences our behavior more than a belief system. And so that applies to individuals. It applies to brands as well. So the idea is that if we can help people or brands uncover or unlock the belief that is already there, and put it at the center of their brand and everything that they do, they have the ability to go make a greater impact and they're going to achieve greater ROI. They're going to have greater fans. They're going to drive more sales and affinity and they're just ultimately going to have a much greater impact in the world. I think it's extremely hard. I don't think that it's easy for anybody to do because we get leveraged by we need to sell more, we need to do this, we need to do that. And sometimes we take an easy, what we think is an easier route, but ultimately it ends up not getting them the results that they could have if they actually stood by what they believe in and and were promoters of that. So- it's
0: interesting because there's there's the financial part, the part that you're like probably maybe giving up kind of your beliefs because you think it's easier, faster or more direct to do it this way. So it becomes like a lose-lose, right? I make less money and I don't feel as good about what I do over here, right? right. Versus going, man, I feel awesome about what I do. Exactly. And other people feel awesome about what we're doing and are willing to buy more. So, But sometimes that's a tough pitch, right? People, yeah. can I believe this? Are people is. really willing to believe in right. the same thing I believe in?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's like from my personal experience, I think it's been that string, like I said, that's been through everything has been, it's the gold. Whether a startup I was involved in failed or didn't make it or whatever, it's always been that string that has been the value of it. And I think that getting to a place where a lot of people talk about purpose and it's a very popular thing. Yes. And for for us, we think that you've got to know what you believe first. And so so we kind of go a step further and the idea for us is belief is what you believe about the world. Purpose is what you're going to do about it. Mm. And your vision is what does the world look like once you've done it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, so I agree
0: with that. That's great.
1: If companies don't know that, then they kind of blow in the wind or they chase this or that. And I think, I think you know, a great example I, I use a lot and it's kind of cliche at this point, but Patagonia. I mean, it's it's so clear why they exist and what they're here to do. And, and then quite frankly, I almost feel like they would destroy their company if they thought it would, if it would make a greater and positive impact on the environment, um, they would just shut it down type of a thing. The conviction is what people are following. You know, I think it's, you know, well, we,
0: conviction is a pretty heavy duty word when you really stop and think about what conviction right. means. Because right. in my definition of conviction is, is like, what are you willing to die for? Yep. Right. And and it could be, are you willing to let your business die for the right thing? Right. I'm not saying you physically go die. I mean, that's the ultimate conviction, but, um, that's, I think it's one of the biggest challenges people have is letting go of stuff to be able to actually move forward. So that's, that's a heavy duty word, Scott.
1: Yeah, it is. I think, I think we, we often say that belief is your brand. Belief is your product. It's really what you're selling. And so as long as you're you're stuck thinking you're selling shoes or hats or right, right. The product, hot, right. the product yeah. or whatever. I think, I think you're, you're more of a commodity type of a, a business and it, you're going to have to constantly be spending on different things that are going to be promoting those products or whatever, but it's, it's very surface level. And, and we just want to go to the heart. Like we think that when a company knows what they believe in, that's really what is attracting Clients And customers to them. Um, and so there's a lot that goes into that. There's, there's first of all, acknowledging it and then unlocking what that actually is. Then there's the clarification of it. How do you clarify it? And then how do we make sure that our leadership team is actually aligned to it? Because if if you've got five people and they all believe different things and they're, they're not aligned to it, good it, luck. It's, it's, like car, it's like a car with five steering wheels. All right, yeah, you know? right,
0: right, not going anywhere. Nope. <laughs> Maybe like, a circle. Maybe am gonna be really tired at the end of it huh? all. Right. Uh,
1: but it's uh, but I think that once you and then once you have that alignment, you're you're really in a position to then go build. You know, and that's where we put a lot of focus and en- energy into. Like, well, what's the What's the name like? Who's our customer? What's our brand identity and art direction? What does our website need to look like? And what we do—the other side of belief—is—is is another big one, and that's behavior. So what we call ourselves as a brand innovation company, we're very creative, and we we do all the creative stuff in between, uh, and put a lot of emphasis on using creative to communicate, but ultimately. Your belief is only as good as your behavior, right? right. We, we want to tell everybody about. Yeah, I can
0: have a great belief, but if all my acts or something opposite. That's like okay. Exactly.
1: <laughs> if you don't, if you don't back it up, I, I always say like your behavior proves what you believe.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's so a great way of saying if, it.
1: If they don't line up, people are just they're they're not gonna fall in line. They're not gonna like it. They're not gonna agree to and it. And people
0: are watching you. People are. Right. If you are walking around saying, oh, I believe this, right. they're going to watch your behavior. Yeah. They're going to hold you to that behavior. We see you're it. better off not saying it than saying it and not doing it.
1: Exactly. And that's, you know, one of the things we get to when we work with companies too is like, look, this is important. If you don't, we're not manufacturers of belief. We don't do that. It's not our business. If this isn't true to your core and if you're not prepared to do what it takes to live this out, we're probably not the right fit for you as a. Agency, but for the ones that do, and they do, they do realize they want to go through with this, and they have the guts to actually uphold it and live it out. We like to come in and also help them figure out how they're going to do that through the different elements of their business. So, so really, using a leaf-led brand as a way to design their entire business, and so that's product development side of things. How does belief get lived out through your product development? How does it get lived out through your customer experience, um, through your employee experience and culture, through marketing and communications and through your social? Yeah,
0: everything has to connect, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so this becomes obvious then on why you guys decided to become a B Corp. Right. So for our audience and some folks that maybe don't know what a B Corp is, maybe you can share a little bit what that's all about and and, and why did you guys decide to go down that path and what's it looked like for you?
1: Right. So we, uh, we've we always been a give back company. It's, it's always been part of our DNA to use our business as a force for good. It's kind of been involved in the string of my history. Uh, it's also been part of Adam and Todd, Todd's background as well. And we've always just said we're going to exist as a company to do the best we can. And we want to find a way to make a difference. Our focus has always been mostly on humanitarian efforts is where our captures our heart the most. Um, and, and that's how this
0: should work too. Right. Not to solve all the problems of the world, but right. you, you pick the one you got some passion about. You got a conviction for, it, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. And it's not it's not about doing it because society says it or because customers are expecting that from you. It's about doing it because you, you believe,
0: believe in it. Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Look at it, I got it all figured
1: that's out. It <laughs> doing it because it's actually what you believe in. Right, right. And I think I don't think everyone has to be about the environment or humanitarian or it's, it's whatever it is that you believe in, go do it hundred percent type of a thing. And for us,
0: that's a big message. Yeah. That's a big message. I think people have a kind of hard time getting their head around that. You know, like there's so many things to choose from. So I got to pick like 10 yeah. of them or, or whatever There's a menu. And maybe it's not even on that list. Go make your own list.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think, I think too, as, as a employer, you're often responsible for a lot of other people. And, and we've struggled with that. It's like, this person is in, interested in this. Another person's interested in that. And it's like, it's all good and everyone's right. But as a company, we had to get to a place where we said, look, this is who we are. And it comes from, you know, kind of from the founder or the CEO. And it's, this is who we are. This is what we care about and what we believe in. And we're, we want to attract people who share that, not who want to change it or evolve it or any of that, but. We want to attract those who, who believe as we do. And this is and our And they're mission. out there. They are. They are I mean, out there. That's
0: probably the idea of connecting with your stakeholders. Not everyone's going to be your stakeholder.
1: Yeah. I think it's just a, a, a mistake if you start to become an organization that is trying to please everybody or, you know.
0: Well, that's back to the idea that everybody's got their own steering wheel. Exactly. You're not going to go anywhere.
1: Exactly. <laughs> right. So for us, it's been, we've been supporting causes. We've been doing different things. And, and when B Corp came about, it was... You know, we had a lot of questions. Should we do this? Is it worthwhile? Well, we're already kind of doing it. Do we need it? And I think we decided to jump in because we appreciated the standard that they set. So what, that, what
0: does that look like, Scott? I mean, what, what, do you, what do you got to do to become certified?
1: you got to go through a pretty long, vigorous process of uh, fi- going through all your finances and, and presenting everything to the B Corp organization so that they can approve you and make sure that you score at a certain level to, um, become official. It took us about a year to go through that process. Okay. So it takes a while. Yeah. It was painful. It was kind of like the stamp on what we've already been doing to communicate to the world. Like, Hey, we're, we're legitimate. We actually, you know, do let somebody come and look, you know,
0: uh, I'm, I'm willing to open the hood, open the hood. <laughs> yeah, let, let, and actually prove that we do what we say we do. Yeah, right. right? I mean, that's what a certification is. It right? is, yeah. And I a think third party saying, hey. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think we were attracted to the community that was building and we wanted same to be mindset, part of it. Right? same mindset, right? Same common
0: stakeholders, right? Yeah. And committed to doing the right things in business.
1: That's been beneficial to us on a lot of you know selfish ways already. Like we've, we've had companies come to us because they like that we're a B Corp or. Um, those the, the value alignment, right? So I think that that is very helpful, and, and so it's been good for business. It's been good for business, and and I think too we've you know we're coming up on the uh, recertification. Right, you have to keep raising um, the bar, right? right? That's the other part. <laughs> we got to keep recertifying after a period of time, and it's like okay, we got to go through this again, but but you I,
0: have to show like improvement in certain areas or yeah. some percentage or something, or what's yeah. what's, what's what's the recert look like? I don't
1: know. I don't know the 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 grave details of, of that Adam on our team would know more, but, um, but I do think it's proven to be something that has been worthwhile for us. And I, in a lot of different ways. And I think too, we want to stand for it. Like we want to show that this is something that if we can get more companies and people supporting B Corp and becoming B Corps and buying from B Corps and that sort of thing, that we're all, kind of collaborating together to make the world a better place. And I think that that's a valiant effort. Yeah, for sure. um, So from that, when we initially signed up, I started to look in San Diego for what's happening because I noticed that there was uh, B local groups in different cities and there wasn't one in San Diego. They ended up referring me to a guy named Frank, who's incredible, who had a huge heart for B Corps, still does, um, and kind of said, hey, let's start this thing in San Diego and got a few other people together. And we ended up launching be local San Diego. And I sit on the board of that and it's been, you know, everybody's got a full-time job and, and, but we're all giving our, as much as we can to get that going and we're doing events and we're trying to uh, be encouraging to other businesses and share the story. And I think it's, it's like you, you kind of always look for, what's the big impact or ROI or, um, those sorts of things. And it's, uh, I've learned just over time that, that it's like, there's these little nuggets that happen, these little things, or, or you've heard it said before, it's like our little bits of good put together are what actually move right. and change the, the world. Of the day. Yeah. Right. And I think it's like, I just feel good that we're doing our little bit. And, and my hope is that, like, we don't think we're special or like we're, Better than someone else or whatever, but if we can be an example to our kids, if we could be an example to the community and other businesses and business owners, it's like, look, it's not easy, but it's worth it at the end of the day because collectively, we're doing this, you know, and it's worthwhile. So
0: yeah, yeah. well, I'm gonna shift the gear here. Right. So I, I actually met Scott through uh, a friend of mine, and we were just having a A friend's getting together and meeting friends kind of thing. And uh, they said, oh, here's Scott. And he's involved with this B Corp thing. Oh, B Corp, I'm involved with conscious capitalism. And so we had a short little chat. But that led to him and I getting together and uh, having a coffee, which I think lasted like two hours or something. I was on my way (laughs) to the desert to go race my car or whatever. And you you kind of heard the first part of this whole interview where Scott kind of plays out on the edge there, right? Very entrepreneurial. What's kind of the next thing? And even the way they're running the business, this really is the future of how all businesses are going to look. But you were sharing some ideas and thoughts. So I, I want to tap into a little bit of this creative. What are you guys spinning around up there in that head of yours in regards to what's the next big thing? Like, yeah, we're, we're over here doing the thing at the, with, the, with the branding, but uh, I got some other things I'm cooking up. So right. if you're willing to share, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, don't go away too many of the secrets, but uh, yeah. what are you thinking about? What's, where's, where's the future? What, what kinds of things do you want to bring to San Diego?
1: Well, you know, that's a it's an interesting one and I think it's still connected to believer and and what we're doing there and it's it's really just more we're in a transition stage with our office and and we're opening a new place in Solana Beach and the whole idea of work has changed a lot and uh through COVID and working from home and flex schedules and all this sort of stuff and we're kind of visualizing You know, how do we create a space that's more of like a creative hub in a sense? And it's um, yes, we can use it for business. We can use it for bringing clients in and that sort of thing. But we also want to use it for uh, hosting different influencers and celebrities and, and clients and uh, artists and and things like that, and having people come through.
0: I'm a flashback back to the magazine days.
1: <laughs> yeah, very similar. Right, <laughs> hey, hey. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll do podcasting there as well. All right, sign me up. <laughs> with uh, different influencers that are out changing the world and doing things, but I I can visualize us hosting family style dinners and having chefs come through and just creating community, but in a in a very deliberate way and telling stories and, and, and being more influential in the community. Um, Maybe we're hosting, you know, speaker series or we're doing pitch nights with uh, startups or different things like that. But um, I think we have a lot of potential to not just think of ourselves as a, another agency in San Diego, but how do we use uh, our creativity and influence and, be innovative, to continue to add value and come up with new ways to, you know, create, I guess, and and to be expressors of the belief that we have about the world. So again, I don't know. I kind of look at everything as a blurry, like it's all kind of been together, I guess, as far as like what I've done over the years. And, and, but a lot of the same people are still involved in my life. And it's like, and there's, I meet, Constantly new, incredible people and with all kinds of different talents, backgrounds and different types of businesses doing incredible things. And it's like, I just want to be an encourager of that and and somebody that's out promoting it and and then also bringing those people together. And what
0: what happens if all of a sudden. Person A talks to person B. I mean that's how I met you. Right. That Absolutely. purely was a you know, was Jeff Dollar right. and uh Pasquale right. going, we're gonna throw a little party, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And there were like ten of us or something there. Right. And I knew a few of the people, most of the folks I didn't know. And so kind of a similar idea, right? It's yeah. like what happens if you just start to put and here we are having some conversations about you know yeah. <laughs> changing the business community here in San Diego.
1: Right. Yeah, I love I love that. I think it's I mean Uh, doing, doing startups and stuff, you're, you're always, the the mindset's kind of like, I got to protect this. I can't talk to people. And I would say one of the greatest things that I've learned over the years is just the power of making connections and even people that are way older than you and people that are way younger. It's like, how do I learn from them? And then how do I also pass down to these other people? And, and then how do we all get together even and come together with all of our unique differences and, views of the world and, and that sort of thing, but to elevate and to talk and to eat together. Right, yeah. right, break some bread. <laughs>
0: yeah. well, you know, I, I had uh, Sandra Peltier in here, this fact is most recent uh, podcast we just dropped and she's the CEO of EvoFem. And that was part of what she kept saying, you know, how do you make, get people to think bigger, see more? Well, you can only do that if you actually start to have conversations with people you don't normally have, right? Right. right? I mean, that's the only way you can do this. Yeah. Just hang around the same some five folks; right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be the same five conversations going over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, we're getting kind of close to the end of the program here, so I'd love to kind uh, of what's your big thought, Scott? I mean, uh, after you know, you're talking about all these great things you've been doing, great ideas of where you want to go. Um, what's, what's the big takeaway we'd like the audience to have? What, what would you like people to act on?
1: Oh man, that's a good one. I think, you I'm here know, to stump you. That's my job. I, yeah, here,
0: <laughs> You've been doing good so far. I can, see if <laughs> I can catch you.
1: <laughs> you. might get me on this one, but I think the biggest, you know, as a, as a father and a husband and somebody that I guess didn't have the clear direction and just kind of went for it, and, and I kind of look back and I go, how did I end up here type of thing? I've met some incredible people in my life. And I'm, I would just say that the ones that have influenced me the most have a very strong conviction about the world. And with that, they have a message, you know. And um, sometimes they don't know how to to clearly articulate it, but they live it. And um, I think that that inspired me and, and continues to inspire me. Um, I think as I look at my children, too, it's like I want them to grow up and know what is your view of the world, and you need to live that out, and you need to. You can question things and that sort of thing, but don't ever just like flap in the winds because you have something. Or follow the herd. Or follow the herd. Right? <laughs> That's
0: even worse. Yeah, it's like
1: you have something. You have a gift, like, and and we're all unique, and we all have uh, been given talents and gifts and stuff, and it's like you, you might not know exactly what that is, but, but you're going to start somewhere and there's going to be a string that you're going to discover over time and and you're going to realize why you're here. And I think that that's the, I think everyone's after that and we become so much more purpose driven, I guess, once we discover that. And it's, it's, again, it's like that idea of if I know what I believe, I can go do something about it. I can go live my purpose now, right? I, I know what I'm going to do about it. And I think it just gives meaning to whether you're in school or whether you're a single mom, you know, it doesn't really matter what you are or where you are in your life. It's like it's applicable. And I think it gives you that direction forward to like how am I, you know, it's like your North Star, and you, you can be in any situation, but you're going to know what you believe. And I think that that's when you really have a lot to share back to the world or to influence others or help other people. So
0: uh, That is the perfect message. And that is with the message you gave throughout the whole show here. And um, I'm 150% behind that. It, that's kind of the whole thing I'm doing in the world as well, trying to help people figure out what that thing is, what's that theme, and then how do you go lean into that? Because right. it will change your life. And we all do have a role to play here. So we need to do that. Well, Scott, man, this is awesome. And I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to come to the show today. And share uh, your amazing experience and insights and wisdom. And I really appreciate all the work you're doing. I mean, you're doing some uh, amazing work here. We didn't get into the nonprofit work and some of the other things that you're doing. Well, that's our show for today. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe and comment. And most importantly, share the podcast with a friend. Again, special thanks to our community of business organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism San Diego, and Be Local San Diego, who are all collaborating and using the influence of business to positively impact our very own community of San Diego. I'm Jeff Lenton from Jailbreak Leadership saying, in the meantime, go do what you do. Go do what you do best, for we are all counting on you.